Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. I'm your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories and give you a behind-the-scenes look at the life of a technology reporter. We'll learn about the person behind the byline and get their thoughts on the top trending stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hey everybody, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Rob Lever, the technology and media correspondent at the AFP. Hey Rob, thanks for joining us today. Hey, nice to be here, Christine. Yeah, awesome. So um, let's go ahead and get started. I know we have a couple um, questions for you, but if you can just explain um, your title first, technology media correspondent, um, what does that mean? And tell us a little bit about your role at AFP, and we'll okay, we'll go so from there. First of all, let me say, I mean, we're a, a global news agency. We're one of the largest global agencies in the world. We have customers, clients uh, in many, many countries. I, I can't tell you how many right at the moment, but mm-hmm. and in a number of languages. I work in English, but, we, but it's originally a French company, and we still have we have many French clients. We have um, English language clients all over the world, Spanish, German, and a couple of other um, languages that we work in. So as the technology media correspondent, you know, I help cover um, all areas of technology, you know, and whether that is you know the new gadgets from you know Apple and Google, uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. the, the corporate news and financing and and, and such. Um, a lot of the digital lifestyle changes, how technology is changing, you know, healthcare, travel, uh, whatever. Um, and media became part of it because because technology was disrupting how traditional newspapers, magazines were, were being produced and, and, and consumed. So that's part of it. And we it, it sort of expands into things like, you know, Netflix and, uh, and some, some of the entertainment area. So um, it's a pretty big uh, sector and it covers everything, you know, from politics to sports to entertainment and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I I can't work 24 hours a day. So we, we, yeah. what, what we try to do is take the the stories, you know, the the one, two, three stories each day that have a big global impact that are that are really important to people all around the world. Okay, so you really take that global viewpoint on things that will be interesting to people all across the world. Right, and you know, it's not always you know. Uh, what people think, um, you know, there are a lot of things about American taxation that that are interesting. You know, American sure. television is watched all over the world, um, right. and but particularly American technology is used all over the world. Whether it's Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon uh, is, is very important. So what they're doing is really um, watched. You know, anywhere from you know Singapore, Australia, London, whatever. Um, so, what we try to do is, is not not so much the U.S. perspective, but you know how 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 it impacts the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So um, how did you get your start doing this type of coverage? Well, okay, so I, I've covered, I've been in journalism for, 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 for many years and I've covered a lot yeah. of things, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, politics, a little bit of sports, a little bit of yeah. natural disasters, wars, things like that. So this is our big regional office, and we cover all of North America from here. Um, and so actually, um, around the time that I started, nobody really had a technology correspondent. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I did a lot of the things, you know, the first computer virus, the first Wi-Fi you know, uh, technology, the, fir the 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 Napster battles, and you know the the over music technology, um, and so I did some of that. Then I, I moved on to more general economics, and we hired somebody in San Francisco, and then uh, a few years back I moved into this role where I'm a little bit of an editor, but also still a, a reporter. So um, okay. I do a little bit of both. So did you always want to work in journalism? Well, okay, so I'm going to date myself a little bit. Uh, I went <laughs> during, the, during the, 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 I was there in the Watergate period. And, and you, okay. at that time, you, you, you could see that journalists could really have an impact by uncovering and telling the truth. And obviously, you know, it, it, it still happens today. And each of these stories we do, you don't have the same impact. but. But every story has, you know, some impact. It impacts some people that you that you're writing about, whether you mm -hmm. inform them, entertain them, um, distract them, whatever. Uh, and and it's it's a responsibility, and it's 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 uh, a job that you know. I guess I I got into it at that time, and 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 never I never left. So, yes, I guess. Okay. No, that's that's cool. Um, and then, I know, so your beat, you, you know, you really, we talked about this um, just a few minutes ago, but you're really covering the intersection of tech, business, um, internationally, but also from the, this Washington, D.C. region. So what, you know, looking at all these things, I know you mentioned a plethora of topics that you've covered. What types of topics interest you the most personally? Like, what are you most intrigued by? Well, you know, what, what I find interesting about technology is, is that, you know, it, it's a little bit of a cliche, but it, we talk about disruption. There, there are new things that come on that that change the way we do things. Like the, the, all the little scooters we see around town and the mm -hmm. bicycle, all that is based. Oh, those on are disruptive. <laughs> they, they are disruptive, but they're they're a new way of getting around, and they they change things. And it's based on you know you know we couldn't really have that without our smartphones, without GPS, and without other things. Um, there's a lot of disruption of, of healthcare. I was writing about how, you know, you have different kinds of uh, mobile apps that 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 are really delivered through prescriptions. They're like prescription medicines that help treat behavioral disorders, depression, and opioid addiction. So, yeah. so all these. This is what I find exciting is that, you know. Um, you know, whether it's you know, smartphone, transportation, technology, uh, various ways of delivering information and uh, uh, messaging. So there's just a, a, a lot of new things coming back, so new sort of creativity, disruption, innovation, if you will, and and and, mm -hmm. and that's what 
um, some of the interesting things that I'm seeing. Hmm. So that being said, what do you think is going to be one of the most disruptive or innovative trendy topics in 2019 as a whole as we look at the year and look at some of the major headlines that have already happened and some that likely will come about? What what do you foresee as being one of the biggest stories in, of this year? Well, I mean, what we're seeing now, especially this week, is kind of a war between the United States and China. and. Mm-hmm. It's a war for technological superiority, and um, it's kind of a question of over the last 10 or 20 years, what has happened is that there's been sort of a globalization and the companies cooperate. So you have a smartphone, it's got components from all over the world, and, and all the technology is kind of shared, and that has kind of helped foster innovation and now if we kind of cut those off that's a that's a big deal because you know the Chinese are going to have their own technology and you know it will it will impact global trade and and all Mm -hmm. the things that have made our companies successful and so and there's sort of another aspect of that and and it's uh, what's going on with social media and 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 the attempts to regulate and rein in some of the abuses and problems we have there. And um, again, it's it's kind of a question of globalization. People thought there's one big internet and that everybody's free to put stuff on there. And what we're realizing when there's hate speech and violence and and such, um, each country wants to regulate that on on its own. And the Chinese have their system the Russians have another system. The Iranians are trying to kind of clap down. So it's kind of a question, are we going to have one Internet and hmm. um, are we going to have a bunch of little Internets with, with different different rules? And that's, a, that's kind of a big, big story that hmm. I've been following as well. So those are, those are a couple of things. Yeah. That's interesting too that you know you bring that up about having you know regulations for every for different countries in, in terms of social media or is it going to be that big massive platform that can be harder to regulate on a on kind of a country or even like a state level? It's that's an interesting topic. Interested to see where we where we go with that. Hmm. Um, so you know these types of these types of topics, I'm sure you've learned a lot over the years. I mean, you've been reporting for a number of years, and there's certainly a learning curve when it comes to technology for many people. So what are some of the um, biggest you know, takeaways that you've learned from writing on this topic? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think, um, again, there, there's a lot of disruption as I talked about. There's a lot of innovation. We're changing the way we're doing things. And there's there's also a lot of fear, you know, particularly, you know, in the, the question of cybersecurity, who's listening, mm-hmm. who's using my data. And, yeah, privacy. And, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I guess I, I don't know that I have the answer. I, I my my sense is that, that some of this is kind of it, it may be overblown. But I, I don't know that there's any kind of stepping back. I mean, people aren't going to throw away their smartphones 
Um, they're not going to stop using the internet and 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 start buying print newspapers again. So yeah, we're not going back in time. Like, so <laughs> we have to kind of figure the, these things out and figure out how to separate what's good information, bad information, what we want to keep private, and, and, and what we don't. I mean, so it's a kind of a long process, but uh, you know, I I think people are starting to become aware of this. I mean, you know, there were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, I, I don't know if you remember, I mean, people thought, you know, spam was a big problem. Remember, mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. get these Nigeria, the Nigerian email scams, sure. and um, some reason, you know, it, people have sort of moved beyond that, and they would try to figure that out. Well, people understand, and uh, my kids understand that that's that's spam and that's not real. Somehow we'll have to figure out some of these other these other problems, and, and uh, maybe we'll get there. Maybe it'll take some time. Yeah, and there's always going to be new problems. It's like we look at the history of you know cyber attacks and you know the mm -hmm. monetization of you know how criminals work and they execute attacks, and it's always changing. There's always something new, and it's it's, it's hard to stay ahead of it. That's definitely a problem that we see. Um, so, no, it's been really insightful to hear some of your perspective on these trends and also what you cover. Um, we have a, we're going to have a new segment, actually, on today's podcast. I'll get to you in a second. Um, but just to, a little bit more about kind of you um, outside of just reporting, um, what's something interesting that, you know, most people don't know about you? People know you as a, as a reporter. You've been, you know, writing for the AMP for a while. What's something that would be interesting for our listeners to learn about you? Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, on a personal level, I mean, I, I guess um, I do a lot of the work in the, in, in the office, and it's a little bit sedentary. I mean, I, I try to stay very active in, in sports and 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 uh, you know, cycling and volleyball mm -hmm. and different things. Um, I try to, um, uh, I guess, I try to understand. So I've, I don't know, right now we, we have people from all over the world in our office. I, I lived in France for several years, and I think in, in our office, our field, I think we try to understand uh, more about how people live and perceive things in different parts of the world. And I that's think cool. that it, it's, it's coming along in other, other fields. I mean, particularly in the technology sector, if you're in cybersecurity. Yeah. You go to any company, you're going to have people from many parts of the world, and and I think that's a, I mean, it's a good yeah. thing, and you kind of understand, um, you understand more about um, uh, what's going on, um, and how different people view it in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really a benefit of working for such a um, you know global outlet like AFP, and they could be. Mm -hmm. Really interesting and fascinating to, to hear from other people that are work in your office. Um, so I mentioned our new segment. And it's actually listener questions, and we have three questions for you um, from people who listen to our podcast. And um, so I'll go ahead and read the first one. Um, what type of news could a company that sells solutions to enterprises provide to you as a reporter that would be useful um, or relevant to your broad readership? Kind of looking at that that vendor angle. What do vendors provide to you that would be useful for your readership to know about? Okay. Well, 
one of the things that uh, I think you want to realize when we're talking about our agency, which does such a very broad consumer focus, we're 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 not a trade publication, yes. and we're not. We don't we don't write so much about you know uh, what this company has this new product and and this company has this new service. Um, that's not what we do. There are some you know news outlets that do that, um, but what we try to do is is try to put that within a context of, um, let's say, a company ha ha specializing in election security. Okay, so it means that you've done research in that field, and when we write about election security, we might talk about your research or we might use that person as an expert, but. It's important for people to understand that we're not here, you know, a, a, a lot of companies, you know, they do great things and they make great products, but it's not really our job to, 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 to come in mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is, we're not reviewing products, we're not promoting products, we're trying yeah. to be sort of a, 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 an honest broker of information that helps people understand what's out there. Okay, I like that, the honest broker of information. So you're almost taking things more at a high level. So you'd be more interested in, you know, leveraging research to help inform a topic and, and less about, like, the breach of the day or, you know, uh, product news, that kind of a thing. Right. I mean, so, yeah, we get a lot of things on breaches. And, again, you know, so if you went back 10 or 20 years ago, that was really big, you know, a company gets breached. and. Sure. That's a big news, and now it's people don't care so much. You kind of expect it. Yeah, it happens all the time. And um, I understand that, that that there are, there are a lot of companies that are trying to work to to sort of mitigate those risks. But uh, again, I, I I think we 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 kind of try to find out who is um, you, you know. Who can talk about you know the the risks from China? Who can talk about the risks from Russia? The risks of election security, mm -hmm. and how you know in, in an indirect way. I mean that that does give the the company some exposure, but sure. you know that's you know, our job as 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 a as a resource for the general public. You know as opposed to like a trade publication. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's a good question. I'm I'm glad we got into that a little bit. Um, so second question. Um, understanding Rob has covered more than just security and privacy over the years. What stands out when you look at the summer of Snowden in 2013, the election interference saga, and now all this scrutiny of privacy um, with Facebook and the FTC and efforts to better regulate um, big tech like Amazon and Google. So boiling that down, what stands out? What issues do you think may have been over or underplayed looking at some of these big events over the years? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't think any of them were really overplayed. I, I think we got a better understanding from the Snowden revelations about what's out there. I, I think some people might have, uh, you know, I think it's important to, to try to really look carefully at what, what came out of there and, and what what we learned from that, and, and um, you know, 
people somehow think that the NSA is listening to everything. And if you, you, you know, I remember watching an episode of, of The Good Wife and you had the, the NSA listening to the conversation mm -hmm. of these lawyers in Chicago and um, that is not going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and, but there is, there is a lot of fear that is, um, that, it might not be really justified. I, I don't think you sure. can you can necessarily say, you know, it's easy to come away with that without really looking carefully and say, well, the NSA is listening to everything. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing I would I would say a similar thing with you know Facebook and social media. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily that they know everything about you and they have some file on you like you know the Stasi or something. <laughs> um, uh, I I I I think. There are a lot of things out there that are used in an aggregate sense for for advertising, but I guess in, I, I don't I don't feel that um, these companies you know have these files on me. Uh, there there is okay. information that I can get, but. Um, uh, I, I, my sense is that is that again people can can blow that out of proportion and and have the impression that they they that they know everything about you. you know, it, was, mm -hmm. it is possible to gather that information. You, know, you have your Google location information, and then yeah. yes, somebody could find that out. But um, that's pretty complicated. Um, yeah. Um, what what happened with the um, um, with what came out in the last week? You know, WhatsApp and Pegasus is that. Sure. I mean, there is a fairly pretty sophisticated um, um, spyware that apparently was de developed by the Israelis that can that can it can really do that. But it's got to get on your phone, and they've got to do it, and and you have to be a very specific target for that. So that's not. For mass surveillance, it is scary, but it's not something that um, the average person necessarily needs to be concerned yeah. about. So I, I don't know if I answered all your yeah. questions. No, that makes sense. That makes sense, and it's interesting. We look at some of these big events in, in you know the last decade or so with Snowden, election security, and this privacy stuff that you mentioned, and, and it, it is a lot of they're kind of like mainstream pivot points. It's when we're seeing you know like broadcast outlets covering these mainstream type of stories that really make people outside of security and outside of technology really think about things, and they do sometimes develop that fear around it. So they're almost like pivot points of the past decade that people have been more concerned about security as opposed to, you know, people who are embedded in the day-to-day -day of security are often more <laughs> more aware of these types well, of things. Well, I would go back to election security, and, and, and yeah. actually, so th that would be in one area that I would say that we, we don't know that much, and I might be a little more fearful because there there are still a lot of things that we don't know and we might not have known, like we just learned that, well, maybe some of the votes were tampered with in Florida. And I, I think we we need to find out a lot more about election security, and mm -hmm. and there's, there's still quite a bit of um, um, uncertainty out there and a lot of risk, and that that could be a big problem 
that we'll see not only in the United States but in the world. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Need to figure that out <laughs> quite soon. Um, and then one more question for you. The last question I have. Um, another listener question. So we kind of touched on this in the very beginning, but you know, you're you're working for a international news service. You know, originally from France. So, what types of feedback do you get? Um, you know, from overseas, what AFP thinks about as the biggest news stories and biggest issues. Is that different than what we may assume as Americans are the biggest issues? What's your take on that? Um, a little bit different. Well, uh, let me just explain a couple things. So sure. we're we're essentially a wholesaler of information. So in other words, we don't we don't have a silly consumer site that right. that really delivers information to everybody. So we go through intermediaries, and now in the U.S. we have a fair amount of um, people who read us through Yahoo and MSN. Um, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think. Um, one of the differences is that is that I think if you're writing for an American audience, you're writing um, like every step of the way. If you're writing about legislation and cybersecurity, um, every step that happens can be important. And um, uh, whereas if you're writing for a global audience, you want to kind of stop somewhere and say, you know, why is this important and why should we care about this? Um, mm -hmm. And not necessarily do that every day, but when there is a big thing, when when, yeah. when Congress passes legislation, cybersecurity legislation, well, what does that, what does that mean and how does that impact everybody? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, there, there are some things that, um, um, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people around the world are very interested in uh, things like uh, abortion and the death penalty, and um, we, um, we, you know, we might even cover in some ways, you know, it's not about technology or anything, but we cover uh, <clears throat> the death penalty more in a way that's more, you know, Complete than than some others do, sure. Mm -hmm. Because uh, because people around the world sort of see that as as a very unusual uh, thing in the United States. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so there are there are little quirks about the way that we cover things that are that may be different than than yeah. some other organizations. I know. I think you explained that really well. It's all about taking that global <laughs> perspective on it. So. All right. Well, we could certainly keep going all day, Rob, but we'll let you we'll let you go. Thanks so much for coming on our podcast today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and um, I think we have a really good understanding now about really about your bee and what you cover at AFP. Okay. Thanks a lot, Christine. All right. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you later.